welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. All right, so look, obviously it's Mother's Day. You're going to get buntinis. How many of you say this with me? A teaspoon full of sugar helps the medicine go down. Not that I'm giving you any medicine this morning, but you'll understand. I'm gonna, I want to complete because I don't want to, uh, you know, go into a part three of something six months down the line because they were like, you know, people are going to be like, well, what about part one and part two? Well, I did that six months ago. You should remember all of that. And so uh, let's go in. We're going to continue and we're going to close out uh, the case that we've done on uh, the spirit of witchcraft in the church. Let's go ahead and do that. Say that with me. The spirit of witchcraft. In the church. What a great message for Mother's Day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I never did this on purpose, I assure you. Uh, all right, so we're going to close it out. Um, and, and not even to really do a recap, we, you know, the foundation scripture that we've dealt with was with King Saul and the prophet Samuel. And basically, Saul doesn't listen to everything that God told Saul to tell. Uh, told Samuel to tell King Saul, uh, King Saul did what he wanted, didn't obey God. And then it ended up with our foundation scripture that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and and stubbornness is as idolatry. How many of you recall that? Okay, so we're, we're talking about witchcraft in the church and somebody says, well, what do you mean witchcraft in the church? And the main thing that I'm trying to get at here, just so that we can be conscious and aware is simply this, that, uh, you know, the enemy, like I said, and, and, and it's the reality. How many of you know that the enemy is, is a little bit more subtle? I'm, I'm not giving the, the devil credit in any way, shape or form, but he's a little bit more intelligent than coming in dressed up like a warlock uh, with, uh, you know, a big old black cloak inside of the church. How many of you realise that, you know, you're going to be able to distinguish who he is when he comes in that way? So how many of you would also agree that if he's going to work inside of the church and why would he work inside of the church, first of all? All right, so number one, you know, there are there, there is the realm that I just spoke about outside there. The enemy doesn't engage with the church inside of the church coming dressed that way uh, internally. Are you with me? Okay, so he might have an agenda towards the church outside of the church. We understand that. But he also moves inside of the church. And the way that he moves inside of the church is through people. All right. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to end, I'm going to you know, wrap this whole thing up here. But the point of the matter is, is that the enemy works much more subtly inside of the church. Why would he want to move in the church? Because now that we are born again believers, he wants to bring disruption. He does not like the kingdom of God advancing. Somebody say the enemy, the enemy. does not want the kingdom of God to advance. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. So we're going to look at that a little bit more this morning. And we ended off um, with, with the Apostle Paul speaking to the Galatians. And he says this in Ephesians and Galatians, sorry, chapter three, verse one, which is where we ended off. Who has bewitched you? 
O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed. That's where we ended. We, we ended up with the Scripture where Paul uses a language here. It didn't say, hey, who has fooled you? Um, hey, who has sold you a lie? Now, all of those are part and parcel of what Paul was saying. He didn't use those words. He didn't say, who lied to you? Or who tried to trick you? He said, who has bewitched you? That's what the Apostle Paul says. So the spirit of witchcraft was at work in the church in Galatia. And then if you continue to read the passage, how many of you realise when Paul says, "Who, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? There is a reason he's, he's saying something. Who has bewitched you? In other words, who have you listened to who's control has overcome you to start slipping back and going back to something that you were in, weren't in before. The, the stronger emphasis of what Paul is saying is who has put you under a spell of control that you have believed a lie how were you saved? Was it by your works? How did, how, who's bewitched you? Having started out in the Spirit, now you end up in the flesh. Now you're trying to earn and deserve salvation in your own strength and by the works of the flesh. Who told you that lie? Are you with me? But the beautiful part there is that the word is there, bewitched. So we can see that the word bewitched is coming from is derivative or is a root word inside of the word witchcraft. We don't celebrate it, but we can see it at work. And the biggest reason why we don't really deal with this topic that much inside of the church is because a lot of the time we associate like somebody's gonna be possessed of the devil in order to operate in the spirit of witchcraft. And that's not the case. So when we talk about witchcraft, we're we're talking about demonic activity. Is there demonic activity when witchcraft is present? Of course there is. But the function of witchcraft predominantly inside of the church is by people who avail their flesh. We're gonna get into that scripture right now, which I think is absolutely amazing. This is one part of the subject of witchcraft that we don't talk about. And you've heard me say it a couple of times, but we're gonna look at that scripture right now. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 through 22. And we're gonna shift, because I'm gonna shift into Absalom today. I'm not gonna deal with Jezebel, because most of us in this room have heard about Jezebel. And when we deal with, and we say the spirit of Jezebel, which by the way, there's another Jezebel. There's Jezebel in the book of Kings and there's Jezebel in the book of Revelations. Two separate people carrying a similar spirit. Are you with me? So when we say Jezebel or the spirit of Jezebel uh, or the spirit of Absalom, we are trying to get us to connect with the type of spirit that we're talking about. In other words, when I say the spirit of Jezebel, that immediately takes you to the Bible story about Jezebel who Elijah encountered, you know, in the book of uh, uh, 1 Kings, uh, I believe it's in chapter 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 is where we see uh, uh, the prophet uh, uh, Elijah speaking about the death of, uh, of, of uh, Jezebel, that her end would be that she would be eaten by dogs. 
Sounds terrible. And then in Second uh, Kings, <laughs> she felt sorry for the dogs. <laughs> That's the first comment. <laughs> That's probably true, Jackie. All right, so, so then in Second Kings chapter 9, then we see that she's thrown out of the window and read the Bible. It's pretty graphic. I'm like, whoa, like the word spatter is in there. I mean, it's like, what? I'm like, oh, just at the scene of this. She's thrown out of the window. She hits the deck. She's dead. Then horses come and trample on her. After that, dogs eat her. And when, when they go to pick her up because they wanted to bury her, all they found was her hands and her skull. <laughs> but the same woman here, uh, that prophet Elijah deals with, he, he has all the prophets of Baal and Asherah destroyed. Eight, nine hundred of them. Ahab tells Jezebel what he did. He, she sends a messenger. Hey, if, let God do to me what you did to the prophets, but also if by tomorrow, this time, I'm, I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna kill you. And, and the same prophet that destroyed all of those demonic prophets runs for the hills. All right, so, so that's the story of Jezebel, all right? Now we're going to move on to Ahab because Ahab is a similar type personality. But anyway, I said all of that to say this. Jezebel and Ahab, there's no demon spirit called Jezebel and there is no demon spirit called Ahab, I mean, uh, uh, Absalom. Are you with me? Because there's also there's the spirit of Ahab. There's a passive, do nothing, just sit back and pick your nose spirit. And let everything else go on. Let, let, and, and the spirit of Ahab allows for the functioning of witchcraft. Is complicit in the agenda of the spirit of witchcraft. Are you with me? But those are demon spirits that attach themselves to attributes of the flesh that people have. Are you with me? So we have our flesh and if something happens, somebody, somebody causes an offence, somebody does this some, and we don't like it and we want to control the outcome. Well, the reality is, is that we've got to avail our minds to, 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 to the redemptive work of Jesus and we've got to begin to operate in the love of God to certain things. Because let me just tell you right now, if you are a child of God, just understand offence comes. People are going to hurt you. Leaders might hurt you. People might hurt leaders. But it's our job not to allow that offence to come in because if the seed of offence begins to grow, then what does it attach itself to? It attaches itself to our flesh. In other words, the flesh that, that, that God is, come on, when, when, when Jesus came to reside on the inside of you, how many of you know your spirit man that was dead to God has now been made alive? You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. 100%. Your spirit is the new, the real you is the spirit of God, the spirit man inside of you. 
but your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions are still working out or walking out the sozo part of it, that salvation. In other words, the spirit man who has been made alive to God, that the more we identify with what God did through the result of the finished work of Jesus Christ, your mind, your will and your emotions are becoming submitted to the work of the Spirit that has already taken place on the inside of you. Are you with me? So your your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions can either submit to the Spirit and receive power from the Spirit that Jesus has given you as a born again believer so that the power of God can flow through you instead of taking offence or being offended. Are you with me? Now you're operating by the nature of the Spirit. Are you with me? You're born again Spirit. But there's a war because you still live in a body. And how many of you realise sometimes you get irritated? Sometimes you just don't feel like getting out of bed. Sometimes you just don't wanna do this and sometimes you just don't wanna do that. And your spirit is at war with the flesh and in the middle of both of those things is your soul. So when the seed that the enemy tries to use in the lives of people come into the inside of you and you allow it to take root, then what will happen is your flesh, instead of submitting to the soul or submitting to the spirit, your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions want to side with the spirit, with the fleshly body, I'm sorry. And when you submit to the fleshly body, that's when things start to get ugly. That's when you give room to the enemy to come in and work through your life. Amen? See what it says over here. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 through 22. It's talking about walking in the spirit. Somebody say, walk in the spirit. This is what we're talking about here. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a lot of confusion on the subject that we're reading right here. You don't have a born again spirit and still have an old nature on the inside of you. You're not schizophrenic. Are you with me? When it's talking about do not fulfill the lust of the flesh, you see, because we have the ability to do things in the flesh, we equate that as we have the old nature still. No, 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 the old man died. When he died, when Jesus died for you, you you died. When he rose, you rose. You rose as a brand new creation. So the fact that you can still have the work of the flesh working on the inside of you doesn't mean you still have an old nature stuck there on the inside of you, it is only an indication that you still live in a fleshly body. And as long as you live in a fleshly body, the flesh is going to war against the Spirit because the flesh wants to do everything to gratify itself. Amen? Amen. So it says you walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the flesh lusts. Come on, the flesh lusts. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. 
In fact, so let me go ahead and make this even deeper for you right now. The flesh is irritated with the spirit. I mean, your flesh is irritated with your spirit. When is the flesh irritated with your spirit? When, when, when you start living by the spirit instead of by the desires of the flesh. You know, uh, you, how many of you realise that when you have this feeling of, mm, I don't want to do this, but thank you by faith in Jesus' name, I'm going to go ahead and do this right now. I'm not going to give in to what I feel like doing, but I'm going to submit. Let me tell you, your flesh is so irritated because you'll, putting that flesh under. That's what it's talking about right here. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Like vice versa, your spirit is saying, would you get your flesh under control? Don't you know who you are? My grace is sufficient. Receive the power that Jesus paid for so that you can overcome. And your spirit is not condemning you, but your spirit is like, come on already. I've given you, I mean, the spirit of God is rising up on the inside of you and the voice of authority is trying to be there and the flesh is going, I will not. And the spirit is saying, yes, you, and come on, are you with me? But, but the, the point of the matter is in the souls in the middle, the mind, the will and the emotions. Well, what do I do? What do I do? Well, just, just feed the spirit, the, feed the appetite of the spirit more than you are feeding the appetite of the flesh and you will overcome. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I'll just go ahead and throw this in here right now for free. I'm not led by the Ten Commandments. I'm led by the Spirit. No amount of me reciting the Ten Commandments every morning for breakfast, lunch and dinner is going to help me overcome because I read the Ten Commandments. I mean, you can have it up in your head all day long. No amount of you trying to get the Ten Commandments in you is going to make you any more righteous than Jesus already made you. Seriously, do we trust do we trust in the Ten Commandments more than in the Spirit that was made as a given to us as a provision of the finished work of Jesus? Do we want to live like those under the law, or do we want to live like those under the Spirit of grace in the new covenant? Let's just go ahead and be honest. Do we want to live like those? Because if you're living under the law, then study away at the Ten Commandments, and you will find too. You might as well go start cutting up the blood of animal, cutting animals up. Go ahead. Let's go kill some turtle doves. Let's go kill some heifers. Let's go kill some goats, rams, sheep, anything that you can provide as an animal sacrifice for yourself. But you will find out that even if you try to fulfill all 10 of those commandments in and of yourself, you will not be able to do it. It is a losing battle and your flesh is gonna be singing, throwing out the white flag saying, mercy, 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 we just can't do it. Come on. Come on. Yes. Come on. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says they that are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. The, 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 the Bible has, we've been freed from the law. Guess what? Guess what the new law is? The law of liberty in Christ Jesus, according to the book of Romans. We have more faith that us trying to fill some 10 commandments written and engraved on some paper is gonna help us walk righteously. We have more faith in trying to observe through self-righteous acts that the whole, we have more faith in that then the ability that the Holy Spirit, now let me ask you something. When the Holy Spirit is present and you are in the presence of God, is it, is, or when you are in the presence of God, or, or, do you pull out your 10 commandments as a way to remind yourself, I better not do anything out of slight, out of hand. Or when you're in the presence of God, when has the Holy Spirit at any given point in time told you, please go down to the first bank and hold him at gunpoint and rob the bank? The Spirit of God in you is never going to lead you to violate the Ten Commandments. So our faith is in the finished work of Jesus who's provided for us. The Holy Spirit is the one that we lean on to help us and empower us to live this life. Because thank God you can't do it in and of yourself. So we're gonna rely on the power of God that has been given to us. Come on, am I preaching to somebody here? Because when we start living outside of that, that's when the, the, the works of the flesh start to be made manifest. And when the flesh is made manifest, then we start operating in the works. You want to know, how many of you want to know what the works of the flesh are? By the way, when you hear this stuff, this should help you to be free. I'm sorry, I don't mean to take away some people's golden calf. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm sorry, but then I'm not sorry. Because that spirit is the same spirit that Paul was talking about in the book of Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? What were they bewitched with? What was the controlling power that persuaded them to come out of what Jesus did for them was people telling them that it's all about their self-righteous acts. And the spirit of religion that was operating then is still operating in the church today. And Paul talked about that as being bewitched, which means they were operating in witchcraft. Now, now we're gonna talk about, now, now this is what's interesting. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, we know about that, right? We know about fornication. We know about uncleanness, everything that's unclean. We're not just talking about washing your hands. Lewdness. Look here, idolatry and sorcery. Isn't it amazing that when the prophet Samuel dealt with King Saul, he said rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness is as idolatry. And they are both listed here as works of the flesh. In other words, these are manifestations of our flesh when they are not submitted to the true identity that you already are. So the soul now is giving into the dictates of the flesh. 
This is, it doesn't say demonic activity. Does the enemy use that? Absolutely. It says here, idolatry and sorcery. The root there for sorcery is obviously one of the meanings there. And in fact, in the King James Version, it doesn't even say sorcery. It actually says witchcraft. But that same word sorcery there is also one of the, also one of the definition is one of them, which is work of the flesh being the witchcraft that we're talking about. The other one of them is pharmakia. which is the pharmaceuticals. And of course that has, you know, it's become, uh, you know, it's become uh, a first world staple. In, in, In places like Africa where I come from, you know, of course we have the first world staple, of pharmaceuticals, pharmakia, which is, that's the root of it. But, 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 but the other side of that coin is, you know, uh, deeper than that also is, is, I mean, these potions. It's not spells, potions, elixirs, whatever they want to make up in that demonic realm. But it doesn't change from the fact that the word sorcery there is also meaning and encompassing the spirit of witchcraft as a work of the flesh. Look, I didn't say it here. Adultery, work of the flesh. Fornication, work of the flesh. Idolatry, work of the flesh. Sorcery, witchcraft, work of the flesh. So let me just say this. If we don't guard our hearts, can we open ourselves up to adultery? Yeah. As believers, can, do we have the ability to commit adultery if we wanted to? Absolutely. If you're single and, and you're here and you want to fornicate, can you open yourself up to fornication? Absolutely. What is it? It's a work of the flesh. It's a place in your life that you have not allowed the Spirit of God to bring a death to. But I'm trying to say in the same retrospect to every one of those things which are works of the flesh, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. Amen. And all of those things, just like adultery, the enemy comes and throws seeds of lust or fornication, and we feed and we dwell on those things. Eventually, the fullness of the fruit of that seed that was planted on the inside that we allowed ourselves to allow. We, we, I mean, come on, we fed that thing. I mean, we gave it food. We put rain all over. I mean, we came and we, we watered the garden for that seed to put the fullness of that fruit manifest, manifested in adultery. The fruit, fullness of the fruit manifests in fornication and every other work of the flesh, the same as witchcraft. Huh. So the same spirit that plants, come on. The same, he puts thoughts in your mind. How many of you realise that the enemy will come and bring thoughts? Sometimes we don't even catch them. I mean, I've caught a lot of thoughts. I mean, I know I have. 
But sometimes it's taken me three hours to go, oh, wait a minute, where did that come from? I didn't start out my day thinking, what the? I'm like, no, in Jesus' name, I bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And, and, and the working of adultery, I'm just kind of picking on adultery, for instance, is that, you know, then we, one in, you know, it goes to the next step and then, you know, we, we know what that looks like, right? And great men have been taken out now because we're talking about women. You know, the Bible, every time it talks of, you know, Joseph fled from Potiphar's house. Not because, you know, obviously she was throwing herself at him and he didn't just flee because he wanted to run for his life. He was also fleeing because if he stayed any longer, he might have ended up doing something he didn't want to do. Peter talks about that. He says, flee, uh, flee the youthful lusts of the flesh. So every time the Bible talks about women, it says, run. (laughs) Run as fast as you can. You're the gingerbread man. Just run, run, run. Don't stop. Don't look behind you. Run. Run, forest, run. (laughs) So I'm, I'm really trying to hammer a nail on this thing here today to say, you, to say what each work of the flesh does and how it manifests. And now you move on to the next one. And we, let's talk about, you know, idolatry, which we, uh, 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 the prophet Samuel and stubbornness is as adultery. Stubbornness is as idolatry, sorry. I was listening to my message from part two and I remember saying adultery and I meant idolatry. Stubbornness is as idolatry. What do you mean? So God sees stubbornness like the worship of idols. When we don't want to bend our knee, really what I'm saying by bending the knee, in other words, humble ourselves to the word of God. We exalt our belief more and we exalt our belief over allowing the word of God to come in. And have its way. Well, that's not from the Bible. That, I mean, I, I, that's not the way I was brought up. Bless the Lord. I've been in the way for 30 years. I've been in the way for 50 years, verily, verily, verily. <laughs> and your, your, uh, your idol has become the fact that you've been in the way for 50 years and God cannot even break through there because you've been in the way. And God says that stubbornness is like you worshiping an idol. Come on, somebody. It's getting quiet in the house of God here this morning. So, Hatred is a work of the flesh. Contentions, work of the flesh. Jealousies, work of the flesh. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, all works of the flesh. Heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not talking about your, whether you go to heaven or not. 
not inheriting the, God, the kingdom of God here is you will never see the provisions that Jesus paid for going to work in your life if you are manifesting these works in your life. You will never see the blessing and favour of God on your life. You will have problem after problem. You will have difficulty. You will not inherit the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is here and it is right here and it is right now. We are what? We are doing the work of the kingdom of God in the what? You will not inherit the kingdom of God if you are manifesting these works of the flesh. All right. But the fruit of the Spirit Come on, the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, can we see the language of the Apostle Paul here is so clear. He's saying the works of the flesh. What did he start out by saying as we read the Scripture? He was talking about, first of all, he was talking about the the flesh is in opposition to the Spirit. The Spirit, the flesh fights the Spirit and the Spirit fights the flesh. And he goes, these are the works of the flesh and now these are the works of the, fir- sp- uh, the, works of the Spirit. What he's saying is the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the, the f- in other words, when we talk about the, 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 the works of the flesh, it is the fruit of the flesh. These are the fruits of the flesh, which I just read to you, which includes witchcraft. And now these are the fruits of the Spirit. So when your soul is identifying with who God created you to be, then you will begin to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. And what are those? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm obviously not going to get through what I want to get through here. And I don't mean to do that, but I just feel the Spirit of the Lord is speaking forth. So I'm just going to carry on and and, and I'm not going to carry on much longer, but I just want to kind of get a feel and it's not going to be long from now where I need to conclude this today. Because we've got stuff to get done. Fruit of the flesh, fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and that's what I wanted to say here. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle, gentleness, and self-control. Do you know, let me explain something to you here as believers. And I say that to myself in the spirit of humility. The fruit of the Spirit is intended to work when there is the opposing force coming against you which causes you to react in this fruit. It's easy to operate in the fruit of the Spirit when everything is wonderful. Oh, what a good Christian you are. You're wonderful. you wonderful. Great. Good job. Well done. Pat yourself on the back. You are phenomenal. Now, let's go ahead and see when somebody really offends you what you look like.
Let's go ahead and see when somebody tells you something you don't like, that you know maybe should get some changing. Let's see now. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is what manifests when an opposing force comes up against it. You know, it's just like submission. It's easy to submit where agreement is there. Submission only begins when there is disagreement. Come on. How many of you are glad you came to church today? So, so I've been trying to get to this, and then we'll I will we'll do one more, and I promise we'll we'll deal. I'm going to go straight to Absalom. We're not going to even go to any other verses of scripture. We're just going to go straight for the jugular. Absalom, we're coming for you. But it's important for us to know this. Because I believe the, the enemy has tried to hide this somewhere. Oh, we know about idolatry, fornication, all of this, but we never really, you know, when you think about the works of the flesh, trust me, how many of you are thinking about witchcraft being inside of there? Nobody, for the most part. I'm not saying not none of you. Or you might have known it, but it just kind of escapes you because we don't think about dealing with it that way. And just the way every one of those other works of the flesh has a, a, an end game and what it looks like, the spirit of witchcraft has the same. The flesh, the, when I say the spirit, it's like the spirit of adultery operating, the spirit of fornication, the spirit of uncleanness, the spirit of a, a murderous spirit, those all begin with a flesh that availed itself to that work to be made manifest. And these are all the things that Paul's talking about that if we are not given over to what Jesus has already done on the inside of us and if we are not careful, we can operate in any single one of those things. That's why we need the grace of God to overcome. And some of the stuff with witchcraft is seeking to control an outcome for what the individual wants. And I don't believe that anybody that, I don't, for the most part, some people are knowingly doing it. You, you are another case altogether. We'll put you in a different category. But most people, I believe, that operate in this are not like intentionally wanting, hey, I'm going to operate in the spirit of witchcraft today. Nobody wakes up as a born again believer wanting to operate in the work of the flesh called witchcraft. Are you with me? The spirit of witchcraft operates in the workplace, your boss, your boss's boss, somebody, 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 somewhere, somewhere. It operates in the workplace. It can operate in the family. Are you with me? And it operates in the church. So we've got to, I'm just making this something to bring up and nothing that I'm doing here on this subject nor any other subject that I teach on is because something's going on in the church. Are you with me? I'm not, I've told you that already. I'm not an issue preacher. I don't take, 
opportunity to get behind the platform to deal with somebody's stupidity and what they're, and I'm not being mean, I'm just trying to say, I'm not gonna take the pulpit and rob from everybody else what one person is doing in the flesh. I will never do that. I've gotta come behind the pulpit and say, God, whatever you want me to say for the benefit of your people. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was instructing me to do this and I'm just doing this from obedience. And I think it helps us so that we can catch. When we, when, we, when we understand the enemy's tactics, then when they begin to try to operate, we can catch them and bring them and we can subject everything to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every, that's what the Bible says, bringing every thought captive and submitting it to the obedience of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, let's see where we're at right now. Oh, okay, we're, we're doing good. Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, what I'm going to do is uh, if we can go ahead and... Um, you're already ahead of me. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't even have to say. Just come on. Operating in the spirit of unity. Praise God. Um, I do want to say this really quickly for those of you before we end the stream right now. Um, if we can go ahead and put the, uh, do we have the Mother's Day thing on the whole time? Because yes. <laughs> that really, it really worked with the subject today. All right, okay, that wasn't. And by the way, let me just conclude with this: anybody, not just women, can operate. Not woman only. All right, this is a plurality: men and women. Amen. You can have a, a man can operate in that spirit that we associate to Jezebel. And a man, a man and a woman can both operate by that same spirit. Are you with me? It's not a, it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not a woman only demon. Okay, just checking with you. All right. For those of you watching by live stream, thank you for putting up with that. Um, okay. And for those of you that are here, you can give. Uh, the envelopes are on that side. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Uh, secondly, if you're giving by way of the internet, for those of you that are watching by way of live stream, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. You should be able to see that slide on your screen right now. Click on the Give Today button and you can give safely and securely. And then lastly, for those of you that are super techie, we have the ability for you to give by way of text. And uh, you can text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777. That's 337-434-3777. Text the word GIVE to that number and we'll text you back with a link so that you can give safely and securely. Praise God. So. Uh, I have a few people that I would like to pray with today. I'm just kind of being honoring because it's Mother's Day. I know a lot of people have a lot of things to get out and ru rush off to. Um, so mothers, before you leave, make sure that you get a Buntini for yourself. All right. The Buntinis are being opened on the back table. Please choose anyone. If you have more than uh, six kids, you qualify for two. Remember? <laughs> and... Uh, Thank you. Hats off to you. Well done. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and then, so go ahead and do that. We're going to dismiss. Okay, let me just go ahead. Father, in Jesus' name, 
Lord, we thank You for Your anointing. We thank You for Your presence. Lord, this is the day that You have made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Thank You, Father, for the privilege to serve You. Thank You, Father, that uh, we are open and attentive to Your Word, Father, that, that we hear Your Word. Let it come and do a deep work within us in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Lord, as everybody goes their separate ways, Father, thank You for Your favour, Your goodness. Now, thank you for your word that it doesn't go onto stony ground, but it goes into soil that can receive it so that it can mature and bring forth the manifestation of every good fruit that you desire for it to manifest in their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.